0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Nile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Hello, and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite video games. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt?
0: Please, please don't record a bad cover of In the Air Tonight and put it on YouTube. Please, I'm begging you.
1: I mean, I won't. I could. Not just you, not This I is
0: universal. This is for everyone. If you are, like, you're walking along and you're like, I'd like to do In the Air Tonight, but I want to do it like a ska fusion with, like don't you badmouth ska no there's nothing there's nothing wrong with ska in the air tonight should not be ska (laughs) there are songs that shouldn't be ska there are songs that shouldn't be metal there are songs you just shouldn't touch unless you are you know johnny cash and if you if you are johnny cash thank you for listening to our lord podcast from beyond the grave sir but no just just don't (laughs) Just just do not do this.
1: Matt, Matt and I were having a discussion prior to the recording of this podcast talking about uh, a couple songs that we felt were not great to be covers in the way that they were covered. But that's not what you're here for. Uh, you are here for us to discuss lore. Uh, and we are going to be doing some questions, especially since very recently, uh, at the time of this recording, I think it's only been a few days, uh, we got the 9.2 trailer uh, reveal, like, And then developer discussion, deep dive
0: discussion, the deep dive discussion.
1: And as a result, you've had several questions for us and we are going to wind up going through them. And if you do have questions for this podcast or the other podcast, be sure to send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you can go ahead and pop on our Discord channel. We have a Patreon Q and podcast questions. Uh, Several of our questions this week actually came from there. Uh, we tried to give our Patreon supporters uh, a little bit of a, a thank you by making sure they have priority on questions asked to us as a way of saying thanks for uh, supporting us and allowing us to do the things we do. If you can't support us on Patreon, we do have uh, another pod, uh, another Q and podcast uh, channel that's for non-Patreon subscribers that is open to everybody. And you can go ahead and put those in there as well. And normally I would do this at the end of the show, and I probably will still do this at the end of the show, but I'm going to do it right now. Uh, As a reminder for those of you that are listening, Blizzard Watch is a completely fan-driven website product. Everything we do is funded through Patreon. Uh, As of right now, we are actually below our normal operating level, and that makes it very difficult for us to keep doing the things that we are doing. Uh, We understand that money is tight for everybody, times are tough, but if you are listening to our content and you enjoy it and you can do so, please consider joining our Patreon over at patreon.com slash blizzard watch that allows us to do shows like this. This allows us to do shows like the blizzard watch podcast. It allows us to do shows like tavern watch, which we've really enjoyed doing. And we want to continue to do these products and, and make this content and provide them to you, our listeners. Uh, and it is something that we really feel strongly about. And we hope that you feel strongly enough to continue to support us. Um, again thank you very much for those of you that do we do appreciate it because without you we wouldn't be here but without further ado we're going to go ahead and get into a set of questions Our first question comes from Lord Soth. Uh, Lord Soth here. So I'm listening to yesterday's stream. This is from 11.9, so it's been a bit. Uh, And hearing you guys talk about time travel. What if the next expansion starts with us in the future, like a thousand years in the future, and the point one and point two patch are horrible, dystopian future. Then the point three patch, we figure out how to go back to our time, and now we have to stop the future from coming to pass. Matt, how do you feel about time travel?
0: I I love time travel, but I don't like when the same three storylines get done in time travel over and over again, um, various like going to a dystopian future, seeing that it's dystopian, and then going back to try and fix it. it goes back to Albert Finney in the third level. I mean, it's it's the whole premise of time after time, the H. G. Wells mm-hmm. focused time travel story. Um, the Time Machine by Wells is is about that i mean he he was basically saying look what's going to happen with the you know, runaway capitalism we're going to have these monster people and we're going to have these Eloy who don't even you know it's 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 been done a lot um the terminator is that you know i mean i'm not saying it couldn't work and it couldn't be fun uh but personally if they were going to do it like we're a thousand years in the future i'd love it if we ended up in an azeroth that was just super awesome. Not necessarily without dangers and perils because, you know, we, that's what we do. That's kind of my gig. If I go to, a, if if we go to a place that's like full of nothing, but sunshine and happiness, I, I yell at things and hit them with weapons. I feel like I'd be out of place. Like, um, does, anybody need, any, yeah. Yeah, does, does anybody need anything yelled at or hit? No, no. We're all living in peace now. Uh, we pacifist orcs of the pacifist orc clan are there any non pacifists no no we're all pacifists oh, okay uh my friend here i guess he can heal the wounded oh no one gets sick or wounded here you know like okay what are we supposed to do here for three exp- <laughs> three patches you know so i would like there to be stuff you know there, there'd be stuff to do like there'd be adventure in dangerous places and all that <laughs> stuff but It would be nice to see, like, to not see. Oh, hey, we're in a dystopian future that we have to go back and prevent from ever coming to pass. It would be nice to be like, oh, we're in a really nice future, not not utopian, perhaps, but but there they they pulled it off. Unfortunately, it was a thousand years from our. You know, I'm I'm reminded of the Legion of Superheroes.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm okay.
0: Because in that, Superman as a boy, he was you know in his teenager years. Uh, He would, he met these three teenagers who knew he was, you know, what he was, they knew he was Kryptonian, they knew he had superpowers. And he was like, what, what would, you know, how do you know this? And they eventually revealed, oh, we're from a 1000 years in the future, a future that's very much based on, you know, your legacy, you want to come see it? And then he's like, yes, uh, okay. And so he goes to the thousand years in the future and, and there it is, is it, it still has adventures and wonders and dangers, but it's, you know, earth has united. There's this United Federation, like not the United Federation, that's Star Trek, but there's the United science earth thing. There's the United planets. There's a lot of stuff going on and it's, it's cool and amazing, but it's also, you know, in the words of Q, it's got, you know, stuff to satiate the, you know, the senses, but it's not for the timid. There's like space whales and, evil supervillain organizations there's stuff to do in the future and he hangs out and joins their group for a while and it's really cool for him because it's at that time in his life he hadn't met anybody else with powers he hadn't didn't know anybody like himself so it was a way for him to get to experience this is kind of what your life will be like without you know because it's a thousand years from now it's not that hard for him not to find out too much because, you know, A, they don't want to show him too much and have him screw up the future. And B, some stuff was lost. It, it Things happened over the course of a thousand years. And that's the kind of thing I, I think we could really... It would be really cool if you go to the future and, you know, they don't necessarily remember the Alliance or the Horde, mm-hmm. but they might know about you, you know? And I hear a lot from people that they don't like in WoW that they're so powerful and heroic that they miss the days of... Like hunting rats in in cellars, and and I've I've never really believed that for myself. I don't I don't feel that way, but I do think it'd be a cool way to have your cake and eat it too. Because a thousand years in the future, sure, maybe your legacy is enshrined. You're the mall Walker. You're the the one who defeated Deathwing. But nobody recognizes you. You know, nobody like looks at just some person standing around there and thinks, oh yeah, that's the person who did X Y Z. And oh, you know,
1: and even if they do, yeah. like, oh that person's just dressed up like them in celebration of whatever, because that's yeah. a thing that happens sometimes.
0: Yeah. And, and and so you could have this completely anonymous experience where you see the world that, you know, you and other heroes like you shaped, but they, nobody really knows you. If you tell people your name, they're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, OK, that's yeah, sure you are. No, really, I, I am. Oh, <laughs> yeah. OK, look, I got some rats in the basement. You want, you want to go take care of them? I can give you a couple of aluminum pieces. Aluminum? Does it spend? I guess. All right, sure. Why not? I've killed rats in basements before, you know? I I'm I just I don't I don't dislike the idea of us going to the future I just I'm kind of tired of oh everything's broken and horrible yeah you got to make sure this doesn't happen that's nothing against you for suggesting it it's just not something I personally am too interested in it, seeing
1: and I, I'm kind of in the same camp right like I, I don't mind the whole idea of time travel but I'd like to have a different twist on it Um, and, and to me it's just the dystopian thing is sort of I don't want to say overdone it's but it's it's very omnipresent, right? It's something that happens a lot and it's a very easy place to go. And I think the harder storytelling, the more interesting storytelling is if the world isn't broken. It isn't a dystopian future. Like one of the not to go like completely off to the side. It's a horrible movie, but one that I absolutely love is Demolition Man. And it starts with the basic concept of the world is fixed ish. Mostly. It's not dystopian. Uh There are some that are being pushed underground or whatever, but at the surface level, people don't get sick. There's no longer disease. I still don't know what the three seashells does or how you work it, but that's a thing that happens there, too. But it's not fundamentally broken from the start. And I think that style of storytelling is harder. It's, it's very easy to like... Step outside of a time machine and the world is on fire. We did that with the end times when we started going through uh, the, the 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 end time rate, right? When we start or dungeon, we started looking at like the different futures that could possibly come to pass. Those were all broken futures. Those are all things that were horrible. Instead, you know, maybe there's something sinister that lurks underneath, or maybe it's not as utopian as we we think. And I think that becomes a more Promising storytelling, I think, has a potentially a higher payoff, and we can travel back and forth through time. You know, maybe we get to that point, we find out what's wrong, what the the downsides are, and then our job is to go back and make sure it happens. Or now we know what we're fighting for, or we know that what we're trying to go and and accomplish. Like we have an idea, because that's the other thing too, right? Everything we've done in Warcraft since the time the game went live is scrambling to pick up the pieces it's reactionary it never looks to the future it's always in reaction to some great omnipresent threat and to me and 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 this might be a minority opinion it's we kind of lost track what exactly we're fighting for or what exactly we're trying to do everything's just been about base survival even now in shadowlands we're at the point where it's base survival. We're trying to keep the universe from being completely rewritten and it's an omnipresent cosmic level threat. But what does that mean? And giving us a glimpse of the future, giving us a glimpse of something where like we succeed. Now we have a carrot on the stick. We know what we're fighting for. We know what we're trying to accomplish and we know that it's not futile, if that makes sense, right? Cause it's easy to say in a thousand years in the future, everything is great or everything is awful. But our characters have no idea what a thousand years in the future is going to look like. Heck, our characters don't know what twenty five years in the future is going to look like at this point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Warcraft has gone through some very big cataclysmic changes multiple times, whether the opening of the dark portal with literally cataclysm happening uh, the every with the the legion storming back down. and these things have shaped the landscape and these things have shaped societies and shaped like geopolitical borders. It's one of those things where, like, at the start, and it's only been, what, 17? It's been 17 years in game time. In that 17 years, a lot has happened that if you would have asked, like, a common person, what do you think tomorrow is going to bring? They're going to have no idea. They wouldn't have expected the Legion to come burrowing out of space. They wouldn't have expected Deathwing to come blasting through the crust of the Earth. Like, none of that stuff would have been expected. And I think that's part of the the thing. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So giving us a glimpse of what tomorrow is, I think, would potentially be pretty
0: cool yeah i mean one way to think about it is imagine if the past 120 years of human history had taken place in 12 years Mm -hmm. like go back and think of everything that's happened since 1900 you know it's not 2020 imagine you start in 1900 everything that happened in in that century and 20 years happened in 12 years instead world war one world war two uh the you know development of flight the atomic bomb you know travel to the moon uh just all the various other wars and brush wars and events uh you know nine eleven war on terror, war on drugs, all of it in twelve years that's kind of what Azeroth did like if you actually stop and think if you go back all the way to warcraft one, you're looking at like maybe thirty thirty five years at this point from Warcraft the original Warcraft to right now, and imagine Stormwind got destroyed, <laughs> you know. Orc invaders came through a portal from another world. They're still here. Um, you know, the, the Lordaeron got destroyed by undead. The Prince of Lordaeron became the Lich King and was leading the undead. Demons invaded. Uh, you know, demons invaded again. <laughs> Just after a while, you sit to go, "Wow, okay." But the big dragon who almost blew everything up was between demon invasions. <laughs> like he was, he was relatively sandwiched by demons invading. <laughs> Uh, After all that, we just had an old god practically almost destroy the world, and then we immediately had to go step through a big hole in the sky and go to the land of dead people. It's like what? There hasn't been a lot of breather space in 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 this this game. If you think about these this world as a world people are actually living on, it would be nice to do an expansion that gave you some of the breather space that said, okay. We're, we're in the future, things have happened. It, this is the way it is now, and you don't have to like have the expansion be all about. Oh, here's another cataclysmic thing happening right now. Like imagine, like in the past, think about at the end of Legion. The end of Legion, you, we just managed to, to stop Sargeras from destroying the planet, and immediately a war breaks out. Mm-hmm. It's like couldn't we? Couldn't you, so honest, Couldn't you have waited like a week on this? Maybe maybe take a take a month off go to the beach or something. I I, just my word. So yeah, I I think Joe's right. It would be nice to have an an expansion where you get to look at what might, might happen in a positive manner. You might actually see some good things that you'd want to try and make happen or preserve. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully that answers your question, Uh, but I think we're going to move on to our next one, which comes from our friend Roxy. And this one is Greetings, Watchers. It is I, Roxy, Goblin Shaman from Hygel, US. With the reveal of 9.2 Eternity's End and the claims by the team that this marks the end of the current Warcraft chapter, this got me thinking. Eternity's End is also the name of the Night Elf campaign in Warcraft 3. The story of Warcraft was altered in incalculable ways with the release of Warcraft 3. What do you think the choosing to reuse the name Eternity's End will mean for the Warcraft franchise story moving forward? Uh, I definitely picked up on that when they mentioned that it was Eternity's End because I played a lot of Warcraft 3. It's an interesting choice and I think it is deliberate. I don't think it, some people have suggested that it's uh, like an accidental retread or that they just, you know, didn't look. But I'll point you guys back to episode 200 of Lore Watch where we talked with Anne and how they talk with the historians before they name anything. So they go, we want to call it Eternity's End. And if that wasn't intentional, the historian would be like, well, yeah, no, this is where we use it already. So 100% this was intentional. I would be willing to to, to put money down on that. I think that it marks, I think it's intentional because it's going to mark an evolution of the story. And we're already starting to see that a little bit with how we're getting... Some very candid discussions from the developers and the people that work on the game itself where they're talking about essentially walking back the war side of Warcraft because it's not really the only driving force anymore. And players didn't have that great of a reaction to it in Battle for Azeroth. It wasn't what they expected because we went from war essential to Warcraft to, well, maybe there's other things that are more important or there's other threats that have been larger. And we talk about the power, the power creep of the the game that keeps going up in threat level. I mean, honestly, the Alliance and the Horde, and Matt and I have talked about this before. I think we're going to start moving away from them being completely at odds with each other all the time. I know they're not going to be best friends. They're not going to be having tea parties and you know or anything like that. Maybe some of them will. I don't know. But it's not going to be all-out war. It's not going to be hatred kill on sight, I don't think, anymore because it can't be. Matt pointed out in the last question, like how many times has the Legion invaded and demons have come to the, the Azeroth and, and just... Blown things up. We now know that there's infinite realms of death that exist everywhere, uh, which means that there's an infinite number of afterlives, which means there's an infinite number of worlds out there. Our universe view was already large to begin with. It's just gotten even bigger. Like it's the game keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It can't just be about war at home anymore. And I think that this is sort of I don't want to say the finalizing of that type of story. But I think it is a deliberate naming convention that we're going to start moving in other directions that deal with other things. And it's not just going to be about orcs versus humans anymore. What do you think, Matt?
0: Uh, One of the biggest missteps, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. But in my opinion, one of the biggest missteps made in the Warcraft franchise was that the end of Warcraft 3 had a very deliberate setup for a different kind of world. And they ignored it. They they had stood together against the Burning Legion. They had saved their world against a force that had destroyed countless other worlds. And while there wasn't peace, they weren't all all friendly buddy you know people anymore. There was mutual respect for that moment and a chance to make something with it. And because Warcraft World of Warcraft decided to immediately go with factions and f- making factions important as a gameplay element, not a story element in, in the story. You could easily have had a world where the factions still existed in story without having it involve the characters. Like the, they'd never had to be something where you can't play with this person because this person is an X and you're a Y that did not have to be the case. They, they chose to make that the case as a result. I think that that really kept the story from going anywhere because it mm-hmm. spent I mean, when you start playing it, it spends like the first two and a half years of World of Warcraft simultaneously trying to tell the stories from both faction sides. So you have completely different quests for each faction, obviously. And yet, you know, why don't they, if they're just going to be hostile, why aren't they fighting? Like, well, we're moving, we're moving towards the fighting. And it's like, then that's what you're doing. And it, it really did lose that, the chance to have a different world, the chance to have like to see what became of Azeroth when the Legion was dealt with and they had a moment of relative peace. I'm hoping that this with with Sylvanas, whatever her ultimate fate is, she's no longer anywhere near the leadership of the Horde. Um, the Alliance has done some work to reclaim what they lost in Battle for Azeroth. Obviously, they won't they won't have everything back.
1: Including the relationship but, with the Night Elves, because that's yeah. been damn near destroyed.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's room. Maybe I'm hoping Eternity's End the second time around actually goes into exploring the differences between what came before and what we have now. It's like we had, J- we had Thrall and Jaina going, like, what's different this time? And she said, we are. It's time for them to prove it. Mm-hmm. It's time for that beat been be that difference. Show us how you're different. Show us how you're not going to make the same mistake. Um, so I'm hoping that that's one of the reasons this is named that I don't know. Uh, it could just be that they were like, that sounds cool, but I'm hoping that they're going to post this. We're going to have a different world of Warcraft. Um, not that you can't still have a world of Warcraft, but that it's going to be different, that there's going to be a move towards stories that don't, force you down like I, I i feel like they understood this after they did it the uh the opening of battle for azeroth the uh the the horde attacking dark shore it wasn't just if you played a night elf or if you played a Hone alliance character that was bad for you because you know you're you lost something it was that horde players had no agency in it yeah your options were go do this thing or don't don't meant you didn't Get to play. like There's all this new stuff, and you don't get to play it because you think it's morally objectionable. They did stuff later in Battle for Azeroth. They had quests where you could work for Sylvanas or you could work against Sylvanas. They they did do they did more effort into giving uh, the dissident players an option. Imagine if they'd let horde players straight up rebel and like go f- like go find. There's like somebody like maybe Itrag in, in Orgrimmar like pulls you aside and goes, listen. We need somebody to go there and try and stop this on the down low. Don't, don't get caught. Don't let, you know, you you don't want to cross Sorfang. Don't do something like that, but try and like warn the people, try and prevent as much suffering as you can. We need to know what she's doing. They could have put that in there. And then now you, you go in and you do the different quests and now you've got some agency. I, I feel like, Maybe we overuse agency, but in this particular case, I think it would have been something that would have been good. I think it would have been useful, but that's just my take on it. I, I don't know what them using Eternity's End really means, aside from the fact that it, you know, in a way, the Shadowlands are an eternal place. But come what may, I don't think they're going to be the same after this. I don't think there's going to be an arbiter because. Soval ripped the arbiter, like the sigil, out of the the constructed arbiter, reclaimed his position, and clearly is has not actually doing it. So in a real way, there's no arbiter anymore, and there never there might never be one again. So the shadowlands, as they have existed eternally, might be done. Especially since we're going to have our hands on a forge of afterlives. You know what is that going to mean? Are we going to make a new afterlife? Is that is there going to be a new shadowlands when we're all done? I don't know.
1: Oh, oh, that's something for another topic later. I'm writing that down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I th- again, just to circle back, I do think that Eternity's End is a deliberate choice and I don't think it was a, I, I think it it will mean something. And as we move through uh, this particular, as we move through 9.2, uh, we'll understand more clearly what that actually means. Um, and we were asked a, another one that if we think 9.2 is going to be the end of uh, Shadowlands, it's going to be the end of the story, but we've already seen other expansions where the story of that expansion ends and the next content drop pushes us towards the
0: next expansion.
1: Which Yeah, um, almost
0: certainly that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and if you listen to the developer Deep Dive and Steve Denouser, he says flat out that they already know where they're going. So, yeah. But hopefully that answers your question, Roxy. We're going to move on to our next one, which is from our friend Tetsemi. Question for Lore Watch: Water seems to be an important feature of the new zone, Zereth Mortis, and see it remind in seeing it reminded me of the Veil of Eternal Blossoms from Mists of Pandaria. Coincidence, or could the Veil waters be tied to, or at one time had been tied to Zereth Mortis in a way we didn't discover yet? Uh, it is entirely possible, but yeah,
0: the thing is, it's always possible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they could decide to do that, but we ha- already have a pretty in-depth explanation of the Veil Waters. Yeah, we do. But that being said, um it is we we still don't know the relationship of the Titans and the 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 Eternal Ones of the Pantheon of Death. We we know that there's a Pantheon of Order, which is what the Titans are, and there's a Pantheon of Death, which is these guys. We don't know the relationship. Uh the Winter Queen calls loon, her sister. And they, the Alune speaking through Taranda and the Winter Queen have a conversation where they speak to each other as siblings, but we still don't know what Alune is. There's a lot we don't understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's really kind of the key to it is like Xerath Mortis is a place that even while we're going there, we're probably going to understand precious little of what actually is is going on there. Uh, part of the as they they just they sort of described it is that. Us moving through that zone is learning the language, learning everything about it, and and trying to figure out how we can penetrate into where Zalval is doing what he's doing to get to that that engine of the afterlife, essentially. Which also, if it's just an engine of the afterlife, why is it? Why would he want it? How does that have the ability to rewrite the entire universe? There's there's a lot going on here, but yeah, there
0: are certainly some implications in terms of what's going on.
1: The thematically, though, water has always been uh, an element of life in the Warcraft universe. Um, let's go back to like early shaman. Even in the descriptions of them, they used powers and abilities granted to them from their ancestors of, the, of spirit, but also elementals of water to heal. Uh, this is why, for a long time, a lot of the shaman effects were water-based. Uh, it was very thematically like it was about healing, about life, about regeneration. And when you look at some of the other societies that revere water, it's very much the same thing. Even with the veil of eternal blossoms, it's it's almost like a cradle of life when it comes to that particular that particular well, the well of eternity the the Sunwell; these are all places that have a theme of fonts of power that revolve around water, essentially. And I think it's very fitting that zareth Mortis is a place that uses water as a barrier. At least that's what it's being described as. And so, just to kind of like two cent story it, I guess when they described how we view this place, we get we're we're, we're sent there. We we wind up getting there. It's An entirely white, large white expanse that we have to run through, but we're running on top of water. And a lot of people are like, oh, so what? My shaman can do that, or, or, you know, I have water walking potions, whatever, big, no big deal. But it's this sort of representation of what it actually is. When you get to Zerath Mortis, the water is a barrier between the zone of Xerath Mortis itself, this pocket dimension that was created to house the engine of the afterlife and be the workshop for the first ones to do what they did. So it's a, it's a pocket even further out of space and time, but it, it sort of acts as that barrier, that defensive layer between the primordial stuff around it, the primordial stuff that, in my guess would be what they actually use to craft or pull uh, onto into reality and mold it to what they want, or in this case, you'll, create the afterlives.
0: You'll also notice that the uh, zone itself is described as having a lush zone and an arid zone. Mm-hmm. Essentially, there's a dead place and a living place. One seems to be where the experimentation and design goes, similar to a Titan uh, zone like Un'Goro. But the dead zone seems to be like for lack of a better word, it's where the power is coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's interesting. Why is it that the place where the power is coming from is dried out?
1: And there's some similarities there too, with what we've already seen in Azeroth as well. Like the look at, look at the places of great Titan power, the great Titan facilities and what's around them. We know that, you know, in case of, of some of them it's caused by origination beam firing, but it never really fully recovered. And these places are just still, immensely powerful, but still very barren. And is that tied to it? It's it's an yeah. interesting it's an interesting setup. And it's one of those few moments where it's like I'm sitting here thinking about it and I don't know if the water will be important or not, or if it's the absence of the water, like Matt's pointing out, that is the more important factor. So anything else you want to say about Zareth Mortis?
0: I mean there's a lot to say, but we have more questions. So <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on to our next one. Uh, and this is another one from Lord Soth. We got the dev update about 9.2, and a particular phrase stuck out to me. They said Zoval was trying to rewrite the fabric of existence. It got me thinking, what if we beat slash stop him, but he's already altered some things? I feel like this could be a bit of a sneaky way of Blizzard using this moment to in-narrative retcon slash alter slash change things, about lore of the world. Do you think that Blizzard might use this to do some type of reset or rewrite on some aspects of the story that they want to alter, whether they be related to the renaming, removing problematic parts of the game, or things they just feel like changing? What do you think, Matt?
0: Well, I mean, they pretty much showed that they don't need any kind of pretext to, to change things that they decide to rename or, or remove or what have you. Um, does this mean that they're not going to do that? No. Um, it's quite possible. It might even be likely. I... I'm not, I don't feel like I can tell you, yeah, they're doing that. No, they're not doing that. No one's told me anything clearly. Um, that being said, yeah, if they decide they want to do a soft reboot of the world, that could be one way to do it. Um, and we would know, we would not, since we're in the Shadowlands, we might not even know it had happened until we go back. You know, it, it is something that they could do. That could, in fact, be the pre-expansion event for next expansion. Is going back to Azeroth, and it's not the same. Mm. Um, that is possible. I do not know that that's what they're doing. Uh, I have no evidence one way or the other. I, but I, I feel like I would be being disingenuous if I said, "No, nah, that's not going to happen." I have, you know, it, it could, in fact, be what's going to happen. Well, we will find out. That being said, I, I do think we're probably. It is more likely, in my opinion, that they won't do that any kind of major thing like that just because it's <sighs> the order of magnitude of complexity that that would entail in terms of getting it impl- implemented into the game world. And they just did a whole thing making all the previous expansions usable like as leveling expansions. A lot of that stuff would would be changed, and then you'd have to figure out, okay... Which which parts were changed and where, and it it just it is a lot once you start pulling at threads like that. Just look at what happened with Cataclysm, and they didn't even retcon anything really. They just moved things forward a bit. Mm-hmm. L- look at that, like how much work it took. Uh, that's so. Could they do it? Yes. Would they do it? I don't know. Um, it is certainly something I think is possible, Joe.
1: I I don't know that it's going to be an agency of retcon as far as that goes, or altering the past. And I think maybe we need to look towards the future. Going back to the, like the first question, traveling a thousand years in the future and learning what happens to Azeroth is all fine and dandy. But what happens if at the end of this we stop Zoval in the middle of doing whatever he's doing? And we happen to stop him at the point of unraveling beginning the unraveling process. He hasn't stitched anything together yet. He's just starting to pull it apart. And if none of the other folks in the Pantheon of Death, who seemingly took all four of them to stop him the first time, and now we know Denathrius is on his side... We know that uh, he definitely has elements of uh, other forces that he can call on if he really, really needed to, which he probably would. So they, can't, they don't even have all four of the, the other pantheon of death to help. Plus, he's, his forces have grown exponentially with all the souls he's been fed. He's made whole again, totally. If nobody else can wield that power, does the unraveling of the universe become the starting point? Of the next expansion? And does it become a, a race of us trying to find the last first one or find the Titan that can, you know, step in or work with the Pantheon to uh, stop the unraveling of the universe and put things back in some sort of semblance of, of I don't want to say normalcy, but uh, just something that's not completely destroying itself? Also,
0: there is actually another possibility there, though. Mm-hmm. We can use first one life way gates.
1: We absolutely can.
0: Uh, It's quite possible we do that like we might that might be the end of this expansion as we step in and we reformat things as best we can and since we're not you know we're not eternal ones or first ones or Titans uh, that might not go exactly the way we wanted it to Uh, if they wanted to like work in changes in a way that is rooted in you know why are things different now. That is one possibility. The other possibility that Joe just laid out is another thing that might happen. It might even touch into why he wanted Azeroth. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted Azeroth. He said so. He had his minions say that he's going to claim the world soul of Azeroth. And we still still have
1: no idea why everybody wants Azeroth. We don't. We know everybody does. Why? Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like... No, no, you, you,
0: you got a point there. We don't know what the deal is. We know that Azeroth is important. We know the whole final Titan thing. What does that mean, the final Titan? What is Azeroth besides being like a very powerful Titan? Is Azeroth something more than a Titan, and and to what end will that be going forward?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that could be done with this, and I'm actually, my hope is that ze- the the nine point two Eternities and Uh Zolval going after the uh, Forge of 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 the Afterlives. And doing what he's doing in Xerath Mortis becomes a catalyst of moving forward. And I want us to have more varied, more expanded stories. I want us to have more varied things that happen, but at the same point, pushing us forward while we're learning about some things that have been threads that have been dangling for for almost two decades in this game. You know, like I, I, the whole I as I said, like, we don't know why Azeroth is important. I'd love for us to start actually figuring that out. Why, why was Sargeras? So, you know, enamored with, with Azeroth. Why did the Pantheon take such great strains to, you know, make sure that Azeroth, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, stayed okay in her cocoon? Uh, Is it just because it happened to be another Titan? Uh, Or is it something more than that? because, we don't know. We don't know what the intentions were. We don't know what that means for anything else. Uh, there's that point where Rathian eats the heart of Shen and talks about rebuilding the final Titan. What does that mean? You know, there's, there's so many things that we don't know that this could start being a catalyst for receiving the answers to because, again, this is a cosmic, cataclysmic, potentially, event, and we're at the place where everything started. We're at the, the place where the first one's started doing whatever they did to create the universe, create the Shadowlands, order things, or start things on their path, and there might be hints here, or there might just be flat out, here's what it is. Part of the thing that gets me is we're going to be spending a lot of time learning the language of the first ones, essentially. What good is learning the language if you can't read the books or the tablets or the things that are going to be scattered around? And I know dang well that there's going to be. Because most of the things we've interacted with over the years, how many things have been hidden in books that, that seem ominous just sitting on a table inside of a hut in the middle of a mountain that came back to be something later? Uh, that NPC, uh, I can't remember his name, but the ogre, the mad one, that had the the journal entry that, that mm-hmm. led us down to the path of Nazoth years later. There, There's so many little tiny things that they hide in game like that. Language is important, and with us learning the language... I want us to be, like, finding out things, like maybe coming across a workbench with notes from one of the first ones or something like that, where it's like, you know, add one part Titan, one part Light, one part Void, have Entity comprised of all elements of the universe, and go forth. The other interesting thing, too, is, and and this might be a little sidetracky as well, I also find it really interesting that there's going to be constellars in here, like... We always knew that Constellars were tied to the Titans in some manner. We knew that they were a race that existed. Well, now they're here, too. They're in Xerath Mortis. What does that mean? Were they created by the the first ones? Were they created in a manner to be custodians for their creations or caretakers? Well, here's the thing,
0: too. Keep in mind that we know that the Constellars uh, are involved with Titan facilities. Like, for instance, uh, Algalon was summoned mm-hmm. to Ulduar. Um We also know that Helya had a Constellar. Yep. Harboron. Yep. How did she get it? Did she like summon it? Did she corrupt it? Like why was Harbor on there?
1: And we know that they can be corrupted now.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is this thing here because of the deal Odin made? Is he there because he gave his eye and thus by having the eye of Odin turned into the eye of the jailer, the jailer now had access to titanic things? Like there's a lot to this that we don't know yet. That's just one possibility. It may not even be, he might, they might be there because the constellars might actually serve the Titans, but they serve the Titans because the Titans are the power in the, in the mortal plane. They might be, there might be constellars in the, you know, in every plane where there's powers to, to be served. There could be light constellars inside the actual light. There could be in the realms of life. There could be life constellars. There could be fell constellars that we've just never seen, you know, we don't know. And and for that matter, fell constellars might in fact be some other demon form. The equivalent of constellars might be like pit lords. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know. We have not seen, we have not seen enough to make that judgment yet. There might be void constellars.
1: That'd be fascinating.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is all just type supposition. I I don't have an answer, but I do think it's interesting to think about what that Constellar means in terms of like what the relationship is between the the Eternal Ones and the Titans and beings like Elune, who seem to basically travel between both groups. Like Elune's obviously got some kind of relationship with the Winter Queen, and Elune was also obviously involved in the ordering of Azeroth because it it wasn't anything to do with Aonar, It was the tier of Elune, Mm-hmm. That was one of the pillars. And when we find AR, she's on a world called Alundress.
1: And when we get the new tier that's created in Shadowlands, because there is very clearly a new tier that's being created, because it's what's used to jump, basically jumpstart the heart of the forest. It's created by Alune inhabiting the body of Teronda as the Night Warrior. Mm-hmm. It's her tier. Like, there's, there's a lot going on. It, yep. And honestly, like questions aside, and 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 everything else aside, this is the part where I really start digging and and enjoying what's going on, because there's so much potential here, and there's so many things of where the story can go. There's so many pieces that might be important, or might be nothing, or might be ending of one story, or might be a thread that's gonna get pulled later. Like this is the part where I get excited because I I honestly don't know where it's going to go, and speculation is fun and all, but I love the surprise of it. I love the idea that we have no idea what's hurtling down. And that's the same thing with like with Zoval, with Xerath Mortis, with everything that's going on there is this is a wild card in, in terms of everything else we've dealt with everything up through the last expansion. We knew what the goal was, right? All we know about Zoval wants to do is rewrite the fabric of existence. So everything bows down to him. What does that actually mean? Like what does rewriting the fabric of existence actually mean? And what context does that, does that become a reality with what we're about to deal with? How does that happen? And we're starting to learn some, like, it's like some inside baseball stuff. And I absolutely adore it. Uh, but I think we can move on to our next one. <laughs> uh, this one. Hello, watchers. While exploring Corthia, I looted the ever-living statuette, which provides fun whispers while it is in your bag. Any thought on what these Ilganoth-style whispers could be hinting at? Uh, Looking it up, there are a number of uh, whispers that you do get, and I'll kind of go through them real quick. Uh, How many voices do you heed? How many are real? A city of secrets, a history of lies. Hope, betrayal, sacrifice, faces change. The tale does not. So many secrets, so little time left to share them. Hidden from daylight, a seep- sleeping flame rests atop the sixth, uh, let's see. Yeah. So like, oh, and the seventh, the seventh covets what the sixth holds fast. The fulcrum wavers all will be undone. There's a, eh, there's some good Ilganoth style whispers in there. What do you think, Matt?
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I, I, a city of secrets, a history of lies. I mean, it could be, you know, any city They're, these are super vague, um, I mean, I think once we, I think it's, it, once we actually start seeing stuff, we'll notice this, this, the idea of like the, the hidden flame, a sleeping flame at the atop the sixth tree, that definitely feels like it's aimed towards world trees. You know, it does. But, I mean, I don't know if you could say that, that what happened to Teldrassil was pretty sleeping. I mean, in it, or is it hidden? It The thing is it is hidden from daylight, right?
1: It is. It was supposed to be.
0: I mean that the, the 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 moon canoties. is permanently yeah. yeah no no the moon is permanently up there there's no daylight in that zone anymore so if we're talking teldrossel which would be the sixth tree um, yeah the 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 sleeping flame is hidden from daylight what does that mean though Does it mean that the tree is going to catch fire again does it mean that the the fire that destroyed the tree is metaphorically also the fire that nearly consumed the world and it's still waiting to burst forth again i don't know uh, but it is it, there's a lot here to think about. It's similar to like you, as you pointed out, it's similar to the Ilkanov things, like the whole idea of the you know the the, the ring submerged in water. Mm-hmm. Um, the seventh covets what the six holds fast. Uh, the fulcrum wavers; all will be undone. What does that mean? Like is who? The sixth? What? The six trees? Or is there something else? Like is it like a new pantheon? Like or is it a new figure? Like we with the eternal ones? We've only got five of them. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot to this. Um, I'm sure there's, like, stuff that could come up. I'm sure you have some ideas, so.
1: I mean, I I, I honestly don't. And the only thing that, that really struck with me is what the ever-living statuette looks like. Um, so... It's The the flavor text is the events that the statuette have witnessed would boggle the mind. One could learn a lot from it if only it wasn't so duplicitous. Uh, So the interesting thing is it's modeled after those hooded figures that framed the dark portal just without any swords. And I think, interestingly enough, it's modeled after an old uh, Anglo myth, at least from everything that I can see descriptions for it, of the watchers in the dark. Uh, And the Watchers in the Dark were supposed to be these entities, these hooded figures, kind of similar to like, if you want to go like funny about it, Jawas, but just less scavengery, that would watch history, historic events unfold. They would be present at all the historic events that happened to sort of record it uh, and and sort of like preserve the memory of those events uh, so that it was always recorded for eternity. And it seems very interesting that the statuette is very clearly in that form of that hooded figure, that hooded watcher figure. So this might not mean anything. This might not be anything that me for for moving to the for like f- for future stuff. This literally might be just something recounting things that have already happened. Uh this could be uh just s- things that is seen through throughout history of the universe. We don't know where it came from. This could have come from Draenor. This could have come from from Azeroth. This could have come from, you know, the Shadowlands itself. It could have been something that that found its way here or was crafted by somebody who came here and, you know, made it. I, I, I don't know how else to, to really, really phrase it. And it's also interesting because the Pillager is a soul cage construct uh, from— uh the army of the jailer. So it's entirely possible that it, this is the collected memories infused into whatever, to this item of the souls that were shredded and shoved into this cage. So there's a, th- a million things it could be, or it could be nothing at all. But I do find it always fascinating when they put items in the game that give you whispers because half the time it sends us on a wild goose chase uh, the idea that it is a duplicitous item that may not be telling us the complete truth, maybe because it doesn't understand what the complete truth is, because, again, perception shape, shapes everything. Maybe maybe it will not hint at something new to come. Maybe it's just talking about historical events. Hope that answers your question, Vol Dan, uh, who is a Zandalari troll from Rune Totem. Our next question, and I think is going to be our last one, comes from Jesse Lynn from Bleeding Hollow. Hi, Matt and Joe. First off, I want to thank you guys for making my daily commutes to work much more exciting. Uh, and they've been a long time listener. This is their first question. So, first, you're welcome, and second, thank you for sending a question in. Uh, this is a question regarding some lore revealed in the 9.2 development uh, developer update. After finding out about how part of the zone progression will be finding out the meaning of the runes and symbols in the cipher of the first ones in order to translate what the automata, automa are saying, I couldn't help but think about how those symbols look awfully familiar to the ones that are on Zira's head, and we've they've included a picture here. Do you guys think that this is foreshadowing that a loon is in fact one of the first ones? Or that the Naru have some kind of tie to Xerath Mortis? Have some kind of tie to the Progenitors or the First Ones? Or am I over, just overthinking this much? I don't think that's far I, off base. Go, uh, go yeah. ahead, Matt. Sorry.
0: Uh, no, I'm just going to agree that it's, again, it comes down to that whole thing where it could be the case. It's certainly possible that that's where they're going. Uh, we don't know um, what they're doing. But I, I, it is not beyond them to do deliberately make symbols look similar to other symbols just to get, the ideas across to people um we we still have a lot to know about the the naru we've we've heard that if the ordering there's that whole thing about with the ordering of the beginning of the universe the naru were created they were part of the ordering of the cosmos if the first ones ordered the cosmos then it would make sense that the naru would have a connection to them Mm -hmm. i mean that's just you know, if the, if these are the guys who did the the ordering, then it would make sense that the Naru were related to that in similar, similar to like the one idea I've seen is one of the reasons that the Titans, when they quote unquote die, don't go to the Shadowlands is because the Titans might not, they might be the first ones reborn, or there might be a connection between them um, that, you know, we know that the Titans come into existence as like motes of cosmic order hurled into our reality creating a universe is pretty orderly and it's interesting that it seems to have happened in the shadowlands that zareth mortis is in the shadowlands as far as we can tell it makes worlds it's they call it the forge of afterlives but it might be more like it might actually make worlds as joe has pointed out if it if it can reorder reality to that level you know why else would he want it that's what he seems to be trying to do is he just trying to reorder like, you know, the Shadowlands or is he trying to reorder everything? And how is it going to work? Um there's a lot to this that we don't know. We we don't know what the first ones are. We've 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 got nothing on them other than that they existed and they made this place. And it's called the Sepulchre of the First Ones. Usually a sepulchre is a monument or a, a, a tomb, a tomb. Yep. for for dead people. Um but we don't know that the first ones could die as such. It's it's possible that this this goes into like this is not specifically warcraft but we've seen that that you know blizzard has tapped into this idea before we've seen it in diablo we've seen it in um shadow in a not shadow sorry uh starcraft this is basic concept there's a concept in 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 hermetic and cabalist thought that the universe only exists because the entity that was everything was nothing because it was everything the idea that you know until you have dis- if until there are divisions until there are things you are not you by definition you don't have any distinction there's no it's invariated there's nothing to know because there's nothing because everything is the same and the only way to learn oneself in this situation is to create divisions to create distinctions um like the the idea of the plane of separation where you you separate all the good from all the evil and now you've got this, these things are good. These things are evil. Now you've got a, you've got a distinction or you separate all the light from all the shadow before. If you don't separate the light and the shadow, then you don't have light and shadow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I Like if everything is just luminous, then there's no shadows because everything is just this luminous stuff, but there's no light because a, there's nothing to see it anyway. So even if there is light, there's not, there's nothing there. And B, if everything is the same, it's not lit, you know? And, and so there's that concept of separation being the means to, to ultimately the, the universe learning and understanding itself that it fits in with what we know about the order, the origin of the light and the void, that the void came from eddies and the light and the light, you know, became more concentrated and began casting shadows. That's, that's part of what we've been told in the past. We don't know if it's still considered, you know, valid. Like the the thing is, the Grimoire, of the Shadowlands that came out, is written by brokers, mm-hmm. and it's written in an attempt to understand the mortals that are coming through into the Shadowlands. It's it is no more authoritative than the Chronicle books, especially the one that seems to be written from the perspective of the Titans and the Titan forged. All of these things are written from a perspective, so it's possible that the the first ones or perhaps even the first one who knows created the universe to gain a perspective because it wouldn't have had one before and in the process it created the various cosmic forces the void the light fell arcane life death you know these things came into existence because they they were distinctive from each other they would they were you could define something by them and this whole process, souls going into the world and then coming back out as anima and then you know feeding the Shadowlands and souls returning, that could be literally the first ones coming to understand themselves. And they very well may have entered our reality before as, say, Titans. That's one possibility. Perhaps when they did so, they, su- they sundered themselves and their essence also remained in the Shadowlands as the Eternal Ones. You know, it's quite possible that the reason that the Winter Queen and Alune are siblings is because the Winter Queen and Alune are the same being.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about that a little bit in the past too, which there seems to be some potential synergy there, right? Like and I don't know if we're going to we're going to get anything that proves it or disproves it or whatever, but I always find it fascinating that the pantheon of death and the the titans all embody an aspect and it's not, not that they're not complete, they are beings, but they all have something that they specialize in, and they all seem to have certain very uh, personality characteristics. So what Matt's saying about, you know, what if the, this is all because the first ones are were trying to understand themselves or understand essence of themselves – I could kind of see that, and and we talked about there's some parallels with uh, how Diablo was the, – and their universe was formed with a great entity that split itself apart, and then everything just kind of went down from there. But it's kind of like, what if that's the same thing here? What if the first ones were – like, that's why – the Shadowlands exist. That's made off of the flesh of the first ones, and that the Titans are an aspect of a first one or multiple first ones, or the sh- the Pantheon of Death are aspects of them, and that's why things like Alun and uh, the Winter Queen are siblings because, like we've we've posited, maybe they were cleaved or, or cloven I, I, from the the same uh, the same essence, the same the same person. Yeah, like a-
0: maybe maybe one is that being dead. And the other is that being alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that there's a pantheon of life that we haven't seen yet. Is Aluna in that? And is she the literal opposite of the Winter Queen? Does she have her court? And you know, in that court is Anshe there? Or is she both Anshe and Musha? Is she also the son? Like just because the, ta- the Tauren think of them as different beings doesn't mean they are just yep. because the night elves only worship the dark aspect of them. The moon aspect of the loon doesn't mean that's all there is to alone. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Uh, so it would be really interesting to find out more, but for right now you're not off to be thinking about this. You're overthinking it. If you just, you know, that's up to you. Do, do you, you know, spending some time thinking about this means you're not thinking about something else that's you know terribly wrong in the world so i don't <laughs> i don't see a problem with thinking about this It's like yeah it's definitely better than thinking about the, the other things going on
1: infinitely preferable yeah
0: i yeah. i honestly just it. if you're having fun if you're enjoying what you're doing then there's no problem here you know if you spend literally like 80 hours in your basement with a chalkboard not eating not sleeping don't charlie tri-
1: day it do not charlie tri- yeah. day it
0: yeah don't do that but You know, spending a couple, you know, writing an email to a couple of jokers like us asking us, you know, hey, what do you think of this? That's perfectly fine. Hey, (laughs) we encourage that. That's kind of our deal. (laughs) So, yeah
1: all uh, right but I think that's going to do it for today uh, so hopefully that answers your question uh, and Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcasts a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an adds free site experience again folks if you enjoy the content we produce I do implore you to visit us at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch and consider Consider supporting us if you can. Every few bucks does help, and it allows us to keep making shows like this. uh, Because running the site and keeping people doing content is not cheap, Uh, and without you, we can't do it. Uh, So please consider supporting us in that regard. Uh, If you do have,
0: I imagine my eyes are huge, and they're just (laughs) kind of trembling a little bit. I'm holding hands up, going, "Please, sir," because in a very real way, yeah, please, sir.
1: And we have some pretty awesome tier benefits if you go into the higher tiers. If you're already a subscriber. Uh take a look at them. There's stuff that like we write character backgrounds for you.
0: Yeah. Hey. Uh there there's some... hey, they don't have to be World of Warcraft ones.
1: We can do it for anything.
0: Yep. We are that kind of people.
1: And we will do it for anything. So just please consider supporting it. Um and if you are already a supporter, we do thank you. And if you do have questions for us and you want to hear us answer them, be sure to send them in to podcast at blizzardwatch.com or hit us on one of our many Discord channels. And as a last reminder Uh, Blizzard Watch does support all the employees at Activision Blizzard, demanding change for a better tomorrow and a safer work environment. In fact, we stand with everybody everywhere that's looking to do the exact same thing. But with that, thank you very much. We'll see you next week.